Life is complex. Join us for the simple gifts of wisdom, love, and delight in the written word. Pilgrim's Progress by John Bunyan Entering the Palace Beautiful So I saw in my dream that he made haste and went forward, that if possible he might get lodging there. Now before he had gone far, he entered into a very narrow passage, which was about a furlong off of the porter's lodge, and looking very narrowly before him as he went, he espied two lions in the way. Now, thought he, I see the dangers by which mistrust and timorous were driven back. The lions were chained, but he saw not the chains. Then he was afraid, and thought also of himself to go back after them, for he thought nothing but death was before him. But the porter at the lodge, whose name is Watchful, perceiving that Christian made a halt, as if he would go back, cried unto him, saying, Is thy strength so small? Fear not the lions, for they are chained, and are placed there for trial of faith where it is, and for discovery of those that have none. Keep in the midst of the path, and no hurt shall come unto thee. Then I saw that he went on, trembling for fear of the lions, but taking good heed to the directions of the porter. He heard them roar, but they did him no harm. Then he clapped his hands and went on till he came and stood before the gate where the porter was. Then said Christian to the porter, Sir, what house is this? And may I lodge here tonight? The porter answered, This house was built by the Lord of the hill, and he built it for the relief and security of pilgrims. The porter also asked whence he was and whither he was going. I am come from the city of destruction, said Christian and am going to Mount Zion. But because the sun is now set, I desire, if I may, to lodge here tonight. What is your name? asked the porter. My name is Christian, but my name at the first was Graceless. I came of the race of Japheth, whom God will persuade to dwell in the tents of Shem. But how doth it happen that you come so late? The sun is set, said watchful the porter. I had been here sooner, Christian said, but that wretched man that I am, I slept by the arbor that stands on the hillside. Nay, I had, notwithstanding that, been here much sooner, but that in my sleep I lost my evidence, and came without it to the brow of the hill, and then, feeling for it and finding it not, I was forced with sorrow of heart to go back to the place where I slept my sleep, where I found it, and now I am come. Well, said Watchful, I will call out one of the virgins of this place, who will, if she likes your talk, bring you in to the rest of the family, according to the rules of the house. So watchful the porter rang a bell, at the sound of which came out of the door of the house a grave and beautiful damsel, named Discretion, and asked why she was called. Watchful answered, This man is in a journey from the city of destruction to Mount Zion, but being weary and benighted, he asked me if he might lodge here tonight. So I told him I would call for thee, who after discourse had with him, mayest do as seemeth thee good, even according to the law of the house. Then discretion asked him whence he was, and whither he was going, and he told her. She asked him also how he got into the way, and he told her. Then she asked him what he had seen and met with in the way, and he told her. And last she asked his name. So he said, It is Christian, and I have so much the more a desire to lodge here tonight, because by what I perceive this place was built by the Lord of the Hill for the relief and security of pilgrims. 
So she smiled, but the water stood in her eyes, and after a little pause she said, I will call forth two or three of the family. So she ran to the door, and called out prudence, piety, and charity, who after a little more discourse with him had him in to the family, and many of them meeting him at the threshold of the house said, Come in, thou blessed of the Lord. This house was built by the Lord of the hill, on purpose to entertain such pilgrims in. Then he bowed his head, and followed them into the house. So when he was come in, and sat down, they gave him something to drink, and consented together that until supper was ready, some of them should have some particular discourse with Christian, for the best improvement of time. And they appointed piety, and prudence, and charity to discourse with him, and thus they began. Piety Come, good Christian, since we have been so loving to you, as to receive you into our house this night, let us, if perhaps we may better ourselves thereby, talk with you of all things that have happened to you in your pilgrimage. With a very good will, said Christian, and I am glad that you are so well disposed. What moved you at first, asked Piety, to betake yourself to a pilgrim's life? I was driven out of my native country by a dreadful sound that was in mine ears, to wit, that unavoidable destruction did attend me if I abode in that place where I was. But how did it happen, asked Piety, that you came out of your country this way? It was as God would have it. For when I was under the fears of destruction, I did not know whither to go. But by chance there came a man, even to me, as I was trembling and weeping, whose name is Evangelist. And he directed me to the wicked gate, which else I should never have found and so set me into the way that hath led me directly to this house. But did you not come by the house of the interpreter? asked Piety. Yes, and did see such things there, the remembrance of which will stick by me as long as I live, especially three things, to wit, how Christ, in despite of Satan, maintains his work of grace in the heart, how the man had sinned himself quite out of hopes of God's mercy, and also the dream of him that thought in his sleep the day of judgment was come. Piety replied, Why, did you hear him tell his dream? Yes, said Christian, and a dreadful one it was, I thought. It made my heart ache as he was telling of it, but yet I am glad I heard it. Was that all that you saw at the house of the interpreter? No, he took me, and had me where he showed me a stately palace, and how the people that were in it were clad in gold, and how there came a venturous man, and cut his way through the armed men that stood in the door to keep him out, and how he was bidden to come in and win eternal glory. Methought those things did ravish my heart. I could have stayed at the good man's house of twelve months, but that I knew I had farther to go. And what else saw you in the way? Saw? Why, I went but a little farther, and I saw one, as I thought in my mind, hang bleeding upon the tree and the very sight of him made the burden fall off my back, for I groaned under a weary burden. But then it fell down from off me. T'was a strange thing for me, for I never saw such a thing before. Yea, and while I stood looking up, for then I could not forbear looking, three shining ones came to me. One of them testified that my sins were forgiven. Another stripped me of my rags, and gave me this embroidered coat which you see. And the third set the mark which you see in my forehead, and gave me this sealed roll. And with that he plucked it out of his bosom. But you saw more than this, said Piety. Did you not? The things that I have told you were the best. Yet I saw some other small matters, 
as namely, I saw three men, simple, sloth, and presumption, lie asleep a little out of the way as I came, with irons upon their heels. But do you think I could awake them? I saw also formalists and hypocrisy come tumbling over the wall, to go as they pretended to Zion. But they were quickly lost, even as I myself did tell them, but they would not believe. But above all, I found it hard work to get up this hill, and as hard to come by the lion's mouths. And truly, if it had not been for the good man, the porter, that stands at the gate, I do not know but that, after all, I might have gone back again. But now I thank God I am here, and I thank you for receiving me. Prudence Then Prudence thought it good to ask him a few questions, and dared his answer to them. Do you not think sometimes, asked Prudence, of the country from whence you came? Yes, but with much shame and detestation. Truly, if I had been mindful of that country from whence I came out, I might have had opportunity to have returned. But now I desire a better country, that is, a heavenly. Do you not yet bear away with you, asked Prudence, some of the things that then you were conversant withal? Yes, but greatly against my will especially my inward and carnal thinking, with which all my countrymen as well as myself were delighted. But now all those things are my grief. And might I but choose mine own things, I would choose never to think of those things more. But when I would be doing of that which is best, that which is worst is with me. Was then that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceedingly sinful. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. For that which I do I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing, for to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. For the good that I would I do not, but the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. I find then a law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind, and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then, with the mind I myself serve the law of God, but with the flesh the law of sin. Romans 7, 13-25 Do you not find sometimes, asked Prudence, as if those things were vanquished, which at other times are your perplexity? Yes, but that is but seldom. But they are to me golden hours in which such things happen to me. Can you remember by what means you find your annoyance at times, as if they were vanquished? Yes, when I think of what I saw at the cross, that will do it. And when I look upon my embroidered coat, that will do it. Also, when I look into the roll that I carry in my bosom, that will do it. 
and when my thoughts wax warm about whither I am going, that will do it. And what is it that makes you so desirous to go to Mount Zion? Why, there I hope to see him alive that did hang dead on the cross, and there I hope to be rid of all those things that to this day are in me, and annoyances to me. There they say there is no death, and there I shall dwell with such company as I like best. For to tell you the truth, I love him because I was by him eased of my burden, and I am weary of my inward sickness. I would fain be where I shall die no more, and with the company that shall continually cry, Holy, holy, holy. Charity Then said Charity to Christian, Have you a family? Are you a married man? I have a wife and four small children. And why did you not bring them along with you? Then Christian wept and said, Oh, how willingly would I have done it! But they were all of them utterly averse to my going on pilgrimage. But you should have talked to them, and have endeavored to show them the danger of being behind. So I did, and told them also what God had showed me of the destruction of our city. But I seemed to them as one that mocked, and they believed me not. And did you pray to God that he would bless your counsel to them? Yes, and that with much affection. For you must think that my wife and poor children were very dear to me. But did you tell them of your own sorrow and fear of destruction? For I suppose that destruction was visible enough to you. Yes, over and over and over again. They might also see my fears in my countenance, in my tears, and also in my trembling under the apprehension of the judgment that did hang over our heads. But all that was not sufficient to prevail with them to come with me. But what could they say for themselves? Why came they not? Why, my wife was afraid of losing this world, and my children were given to the foolish delights of youth. So what by one thing, and what by another, they left me to wander in this manner alone. But did you not, with your vain life, damp all that you by words used by way of persuasion to bring them away with you? Indeed, I cannot commend my life for I am conscious to myself of many failings therein. I know also that a man by his conversation may soon overthrow what by argument or persuasion he doth labor to fasten upon others for their good. Yet this I can say, I was very wary of giving them occasion, by any unseemly action, to make them averse to going on pilgrimage. Yea, for this very thing, they would tell me I was too precise and that I denied myself of sins for their sakes, in which they saw no evil. Nay, I think I may say that if what they saw in me did hinder them, it was my great tenderness in sinning against God, or of doing any wrong to my neighbor. Indeed, said Charity, Cain hated his brother because his own works were evil, and his brother's righteous. And if thy wife and children have been offended with thee for this, they thereby show themselves to be implacable to good, and thou hast delivered thy soul from their blood. Tis the gift to be simple, tis the gift to be free, tis the gift to come down where we ought to be, and when we find ourselves in the place just right, twill be in the valley of love and delight. When true simplicity is gained, to bow and to bend, 
we will not be ashamed. To turn, turn, will be our delight, till by turning, turning, we come round right. <laughs>